Thank you for joining us today on This African Love. Exploring the stories we rarely get to hear, but which deserve to be told. For everyone joining us today, this podcast is a candid convo, which means we're just here talking through culture issues. And we're talking about how these social and cultural challenges we face are a part of today's African stories. I'm sure you've heard people say, anywhere there's black women, that feminist, because now I want to talk about feminism, right? And feminism, I think in Africa should be its own topic, but we're just going to talk about that (laughs) briefly because I could have a thousand hours and I don't think we could exhaust (laughs) talking about that. So from a feminism angle, how do you feel the lifestyle here might be different from your expectations of the lifestyle if you'd stayed in the States? Now, I know you've covered this a bit with regards to the family dynamic um, and the hierarchy and significance of certain genders over others. So, yeah, from a feminism angle, how might, you know, how might you say that it's different? I would say that it's, um, I would say that it's similar, but completely different. I would say it's similar in that there are still major gaps in terms of opportunities for women, like in the workplace and with pay um, equality or equity. I I would say that the continents are very similar in that way. Mm. Um, There's still a lot of work that can be done um, in terms of like professional setting, in terms of violence against women. I think that there, it, I think it's still despicable, disgusting, the way in which things happen and the way in which um, women are questioned, like, what did you, well, what did you do wrong? And it's never, it's still hardly a conversation understanding, well, why do men feel like they can do that? Like, why, why is that an option? But it, it's always our fault. So I feel like those are significant um, similarities, especially what we recently had here in Nigeria. What was that? Just a couple, my timelines jacked it because of COVID. That was just a couple weeks ago. Which of the ones? There's Ua, there's Janet, like there's Nigeria, like Lord help us because yeah, yeah, that, that, that is, that, that, that has been, that left me speechless for a week. So, um, yeah. yeah it, I had to write something. And imagine it. how many that are undocumented. You know, like those are the ones that we know. Mm-hmm. So we know how many more there are that we just don't hear about, right? And how it's just always kind of swept under the rug, nothing really dealt with. Um, I, w- I would say for me personally, how is it different is I feel myself that I act differently around men here than I do than I do back home, like, especially in terms of, um, this was true even in Ghana, like dealing with police, Um, like in terms of almost, because it's almost comes from a fear of, well, if I act too assertive, well, that will then I be viewed as a threat. And so it's almost better to, in my mind, um, I've decided it's better just to be like, play it cool, like not try and like step out of line, because I don't know, some are done with police back at home, because you don't know how it's going to shake out. And so it's definitely operating, I think, more so from a place of fear and definitely leveraging when, which I think is ridiculous, 
when my um, when my husband is with me, like like walking like behind him or like letting him because he attracts more attention than I do from all the people who are trying to like hustle and sell stuff. They go to him first versus me mm-hmm. um, type of thing. And even, oh, and even um, banking systems wise. So we moved here for his job, but just matter of fact, doesn't matter if I work or don't work. Um, but when we go to the bank, he was the one who set up the accounts for us. So in order for me to be on his account, um, we have, to, um, I, especially in Ghana, I had to, sh- we had to show up in person together and the, uh, the banker, the accountant asked him in front of me, like at least four times, like, are you sure you want to add this woman, your wife onto the account? And so it just, for me, it was just was, it was just mind boggling. Like here we are, he's written out his approval, like, cause as mandated by the bank that my wife can join but yet she's still pestering him to ask if it's okay, if I have his permission to be added on. It wasn't quite that bad here when we signed up at our bank, but it was still the same process. Like, are you sure? Like, you want her to be added to this account wow. type of thing? Like, you, are you sure you want to grant her those same privileges? So that, so, so things like that remind me of there's still big differences, although there's a lot of similarities um, in how both, um, both countries or continents are still kind of proceeding. I like that. Thank you for that. Uh, I was going to ask or touch on another aspect of feminism in Africa, which is, I'm sure you've heard anywhere there's black women. And by black, I mean, literally like African, black, British, black, American, black, feminists, mm-hmm. angry, bitter, scathing, seething things. We're not even women. <laughs> oh my God. You know, we want to amplify that yeah. shit narrative. Excuse my friend. Sure don't. Um, you know, and I vehemently disagree, right? Because I believe that, you yeah. know, um, they're all, I believe that men can be feminists. But when I say this, people do this. Open their mouth real <laughs> and their eyes get real big. Like, what do you mean? Men are not feminists. And they say things like, oh, yeah, but I thought you are a feminist. Why do you want me to pay your bills? <laughs> I'm like, A and B, like, in fact, you know what? Just go, go, go stand over there because I, I, I can't have this conversation with you. So what's it been like for you? Like, do you even engage in that kind of discourse or do you just like keep it moving? No, I think we have to engage in it because I think that it's a fear tactic, right? Mm-hmm. For regardless of what country it, it's in, it's, the idea that you are taking, uh, not you, that we are taking something away from said man or said, like said whites, Mm. right? Because if we look at it from a, um, from a white black perspective, the narrative that has been spread for hundreds of years is that we are, we are people or animals that people should fear because of our dark skin color. Okay, and so now anytime, that's why we have to be so careful and or feel like we have to be so careful in how we speak because a slight raise in our voice, like, why are you yelling at me? Why are you being so aggressive with your, you know, with your natural hair and loud voice? Like, I, like, I, fe- <laughs> I fear you <laughs> now. And so I feel like there's all of these different la- like historical layers that tie, that tie into that. So it's the color of our skin. It's this idea that we're taking something from you. Um, and I don't think people understand like how to cope with that. And the, 
and all that we're asking for is just like equity. Like we're like, and that's it. Have you, do you, are you familiar with that, that comedian um, uh, from Saturday Night Live? I don't remember his, is it Michael Che? Are you familiar with him? Yes, I'm saying yes. Yes, okay. Um, so he does the news on Saturday Night Live with his counterpart. And he did, he's also a stand-up comedian. And so he did this uh, stand-up on Black Lives Matter. And he's like, and I'm saying this, I think it parallels with, with feminism in the sense that black, like, black people aren't asking for like um, equality or like for this massive upheaval. We're just not saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, you, can we not just agree on, on that? foundation women we matter like like you know um but i think again people view that as a threat like what are we taking just asking to be considered Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like see see our value Mm -hmm. it's funny for it or treat us as such it's funny when i was in school we learned this term called hegemony um and actually i Mm I will i will (laughs) I will be doing at some point. And the title for it was hegemoning because um, quite frankly, okay. I feel like the hegemony, hegemony is what you described, right? In terms of it's the majority that's supposed to be closest to the ideal. So hegemony is that. Yep. So in America, the hegemony would be white hegemony. That's how it will be characterized. It's mm-hmm. what people are supposed to be striving towards so we normalize one particular majority and then we just expect, and here it's maleness, right? And also paleness, yep. right? So you, Sydney, being a lighter color than me, you definitely have more social capital than I would, right? Um, in Nigeria. And that is, and for a lot of people, paleness is actually seen as related to wealth, as funny as it may sound. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also interesting because even just a quick history bite. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the populations where we have a lot of people who are, who are both Nigerian parents, but they're very pale. They tended to be places with ports because these sailors would pass through uh, yeah. locals with some nice little baby presents in their tummies. Right. You know, cause you know, you mm-hmm. taste the local fruits where you, when, when you travel, so they're tasting, they're sampling the local goods. So, you know, we have people who literally their skin tone being the color of my palm gets, they could look exactly like me, but this gets them into more doors and more rooms than this does. Um, So that hegemony, you see it playing over and over in different ways, um, which is why I tell people that's where intersectionality, things like that come into play. But just more on this, you know, in terms of like, in terms of talking about like feminism, yeah, I definitely see what you mean when it comes to people not understanding or not wanting to believe that women matter as more than just the little box in which you view them, you know, which is the asterisk I would put to many of these things because people don't seem to understand. We matter more than you think we do. Like we matter past the context that you have prepared for us. So we're women, you know what I mean? We're not just here to like, yeah suckle your kids you know what i'm saying like and birth birth you some male boys first of all you're in charge just so you know man you guys are the one that determines the gender of the child it's not me 
<laughs> I just give you the genius material to work with, and you are the one that's supposed to. You are supposed. To, that's that's where you are supposed to be decisive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. The sperm trolls. The sperm is sauntering towards that egg. That's gonna be a girl. If the sperm is racing there without finding out where they are going, it's like men when they are driving. <laughs> we know where you got to get it from. Right? <laughs> um, you know, then we know it's going to be a boy because they just make sense. Home. Makes sense. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we <laughs> determined it to be. And we bless it. It's what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I won't go into like some of the aspects of gender just because it's not really fitting. But what I will talk about since before. We talk about African culture and dynamic. I'd like to just touch quickly on the significance of doing this during June and talking about black emancipation. For me, it's very notable that we're doing this at this time because June is such a packed month for both of our countries, really. I mean, Nigeria and the USA, June is a month that I think every black person, well, definitely if you're Nigerian and definitely if you're black, American, you should cause, you, sh- you should take some time to reflect on our lives and our citizenry. So why I say that, for example, June 12th in Nigeria, you know, I mean, we've gone back and forth with military dictatorships for almost as long as we've been mm-hmm. around, right? Um, and June 12th mm-hmm. was the date of the 1993 presidential elections in Nigeria. I don't remember much about them. Surprise, I'm over 27, guys. I know, I know, but I'm actually over 27. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was conscious. I was a conscious walking, talking, doing chores human being in 1993. Um, but these were seen as Nigeria's freest and fairest elections. I barely remember them, but I remember that much. They were unfortunately annulled. Um, that day has a lot of significance for a lot of people. Uh, many years later, right? But it's now been designated Democracy Day in Nigeria. But I want to talk about Juneteenth, which is June 19th. That is also known as Freedom Day in the U.S., which has some hefty, hefty cultural significance. Um, I say hefty because some report it as the day that in Texas, some of the states were informed they were now free. And that slavery was officially announced. It had been the law on the books for almost two years or over two years already at that point. Um, that's because the Emancipation Proclamation was um, signed before then, but this was when people felt that Black people should know. Um, I don't know if it's everywhere that I knew, but that's when it was, that's, that's the day it has become. It has massive cultural significance. So let me ask you, what does that mean for you? Yeah, no, I think for me, it means it was the beginning of when I would say it was the, yeah, I think that's correct. It was the start of when um, my ancestors could kind of create a life for themselves. Um, And that's, that's definitely when it started. Although it, even after emancipation, even after the two years later of freedom or Juneteenth, it still was a, a huge uphill bout, um, battle because of how many restrictions were still in place via the government for land ownership, for home ownership, uh, for where you could live. Like, so it was still, I mean, all the way until, I mean, through the 1960s, 70s to where we are now, 
it still isn't an even even playing ground. Um, so you go immediately from a time when reading was illegal, like you could you could be killed if you were caught reading or learning how to read, to being free. So it definitely is a time of like reflection and understanding like, okay, this is the start of it, but it's um, more of a feeling of pride of knowing that in this short amount of time, like my grandma turned 101 in June. Um, on June, on June, I'm terrible with birthdays. It was on June 15th. Um, but all that she has been able to see. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I can't hear you. Oh no, you can't. You can't. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I couldn't, but now I can. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, but in all that she has seen in the 101 years is just fascinating. Um, and, and understanding all of the, not just what she has seen, but what she's experienced from mm. like, from segregation to Jim Crow to, to, to now where she is now, like with, we have different interracial marriages in our family and she grew up in a time and that was illegal. So it's, um, so it's definitely a privilege to be able to have someone in my family who's lived so long and can share these, you know, like vivacious stories of like childhood and what it was like to grow up then because that is more tangible to me and kind of being able to really understand what that, what, what freedom looked like or is progressing to be um, from my ancestors. I would love, love the opportunity to speak with her because, you know, I think there's so much strength in her perseverance, right? And like you said, she's seen things and she's seen what, is it three centuries, three, three, technically three centuries, right? My math is really bad. Uh, no, just two. Because what, what is this, 2020? Yeah, she was born in the 1900s. So just two. Damn it. I'm really bad. So 1900s and 2000s. Okay, fine. No, that would be cool, though. Like, that, would, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> we have seen five decades. You and I have seen, have seen five decades. Yeah. We saw the 80s. We saw the 90s. 80s, 90s, 1000s. Oh, I was like, hold on, I'm not 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. Because we're right. like, not, we're, we're babies in the world, but we've seen five decades. And it's so weird. It's like, how? Yeah. Yeah. But then I that guess. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, huh. But also, I'm really bad at math, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> 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 I forgive myself. I'm really bad at math. Um, but I, I, I love that. And I love that you gave about your, your grandma because you know, they've just seen so much. Um, and it must be so rewarding for them to see the world and how it's changed. But yeah, I would love to speak with her just because, you know, you, we, I think um, there's, yeah, there's so much that she's lived that we won't have any insight into. You know, for her, it was, it must be, like you said, with interracial marriages, loving versus yeah. whatever state it was in. First thing was Virginia, but I don't remember the other. I don't remember the, the yeah. other name. No the case. It, I remember it was it was loving the people versus loving. Or I know her name was Mildred. The name uh, was Mildred Loving. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, because they're usually it's like Brown versus Board of Education. Like, um, mm-hmm. and even for me, right? And I'm saying this just this is off topic slightly. It's astounding to me that. I'm Nigerian. Do you understand? I'm Nigerian. We think Osami would say a Black American culture and history, but 
it's astounding to me that I know these things and there are Americans that don't. And this is not in any way a value judgment. No, but preach. (laughs) Observation is astounding to me because I'm like, don't you even know your country? But then I understand as well that every people are different. I, I, I need to understand the way that cultures fit together. I just do, you know, I need to understand because it's, it's crazy to me that I should enter somewhere and not know the cultural mores and customs. I want to know where I can feel comfortable mm-hmm. to be a woman and where my womanhood is going to yeah. make me feel uncomfortable. Not because I'm going to change how I am, but just because I'm going to f- know how to focus mm-hmm. my energies. Um, I have several stories about that, but we'll save that for another day. You have reached the end of this part of This African Love.